We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the NFL Weekly Preview right here on Roto Grinders. I'm Justin Carlucci alongside TJ Lasig. Another wacky week of NFL football is behind us. TJ, how's it going? The Birds got a gritty win. How do you feel about that Eagles win over the Niners? Feeling good on this Monday morning. I mean, Philadelphia Eagles sitting on top of the NFC at 1-2-1. One, one, um, it's it's just a a mess of a division, but they're just going to continue to string us along, I guess. Here that that game last night was certainly not the the smoothest game to watch, but got it done in the end. So I was happy to, to see the Eagles get a victory there. And as far as DFS goes, very very high scoring week. I mean, we we had a feeling that would be the case going into the week. Did a breakdown of all the totals that we had over 50 and a lot of them w- went over those totals and ha- had some some shootouts on our hands so was a, a great week for tournaments I think the the Cowboys Browns game was really the one that that shot out and, and won people some GPPs with those game stacks for sure Odell Beckham going off Cleveland just laying the hammer down Dallas keeps falling into this favorable Dak Prescott throwing the ball 9,000 times game script every week. Here we are. Here we are. We'll, we'll get into some injuries momentarily. There were some big ones. I was watching some of the, some of the game last night, uh, chilling at home, you know, through DiGiorno and having a couple of drinks um, with my girlfriend. Her sister was over too. And it's funny because she's like, what does the one mean? What is one? What is O two 2 and 1? I'm like, well, the Eagles actually tied last week. She's like, oh, that happens in football? I was like, it happens to the Eagles. <laughs> Only when the Eagles play the Bengals is there a tie in football, apparently. But here we are, first place Eagles, right? Crazy. So they have plenty of time to, to get it together and uh, move forward here. We'll talk about the Eagles more a little bit later. Eagles-Niners game, we have some takeaways from that. But obviously some huge injuries. Nick Chubb, going to miss some time. Looks like he's going to miss over a month, right? So – Kareem Hunt getting some more action. Here we go. More committees. We just talked about this, TJ, how 
you would think an injury would, would give more people a Mike Davis situation, right? Mike Davis stepped up and is kind of the bell cow McCaffrey. But no, the Ernest Johnson saw 17 snaps for the Browns. Dontrell Hilliard had 15 snaps. Kareem Hunt actually had less snaps this week than two other weeks when Nick Chubb was healthy. So obviously Kareem Hunt's huge playmaker. He's, he's going to be on the field more, uh, you would think. But it's just just the way the NFL is anymore, right? So we're going to see more people on Kareem Hunt. and But still, some other guys here are getting some carries. And you know, tie in with that, the Austin Eckler news too. Ugh, brutal, brutal, you know, uh, for the Chargers. But you know, Justin Jackson saw some snaps. So what's going over? What's going over there with the Chargers, CJ? Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a bummer, right? We've been talking for the first couple of weeks of the season here now how we're just lacking those bell cow running backs that you know are going to be on the field, and you have two significant injuries that happen here, and and rather than guys like Kareem Hunt and Joshua Kelly taking over and becoming that workhorse. Instead, it seems like those snaps have just been split to other guys in the backfield. So looking at the the Chargers, you've got Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson in a 60-40 split after Eckler goes down early in the game. So they seem pretty pretty content to stick to a committee. I mean, obviously only a one-game sample. Maybe they, they weren't prepared for it. And, of course, there's a chance that, that they decide to change in the future and want to keep an eye on it. But it doesn't seem like there is an immediate option that opens up that screams value. And same thing on the Cleveland side. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I said before the show, I don't even know who Dearness Johnson is. I, I've never, never heard of him before. And he took 13 carries for 95 yards. So you would have thought that Kareem Hunt would become the, the workhorse there. Doesn't seem like that's likely to be the case. So. I mean, this really seems like a spot where we lost two super relevant fantasy running backs, and, and we're not going to get a ton to backfill that for the, the next couple of weeks here when those guys are out. Check out Roto Grinders, guys. Our premium packages are awesome. We have every sport covered. Our NFL team's great. Podcasts, live shows, you know, before a lot of showdown slates and things like that. Premium usage app, which is great. A lot of info. On one screen, I mean, where you're able to check out targets, market share, very yards, A dots, you know, how many snaps people played. Right here at Roto Grinders. I mean, don't hunt the web and, and you know, make your research harder and longer than it is. So a lot of information right here. We're able to check out how many snaps did Kareem Hunt play? What did Josh Kelly do? You know, so easily accessible. And and really, that's, that's what you need. Um, but, yeah. Chargers had that pick six. I don't want to talk about that game real quick. And then Tom Brady, man, wasn't on my radar. That's my bad. But he lit it up. You know, no Chris Godwin, no problem. O.J. Howard, another injury. Looks like he's done for the year. So just so many tough breaks across the league, whether it's lack of preseason, lack of an offseason, lack of nutrition. It's, it's pretty terrible, TJ. It's sad to see. You know, all these, all the disruptions. Of course, you have the COVID breakout with with my Titans, who are finally three and zero for the first time since before I could buy a beer legally. And of course, you know they're dealing with COVID, and you know I, no positive test today, which means maybe they'll play against the Bills. And we'll you know we'll bring up that game a little bit, and we'll talk about Josh Allen. But yeah, Tampa Bay and the Chargers. You know, besides the injury takeaways, what what are your thoughts from that one? Yeah, I think that was a game that that shot out a little bit more than at least I personally was expecting, but there he is Tom Brady 
what do you throw for five touchdowns, I think. Yeah. And obviously Fournette was was ruled out and so Ronald Jones became an option and, and ended up having a pretty good game here. Let's see, he played sixty four percent of the snaps, saw himself ten targets, which is pretty promising. Actually led the team in targets. Mike Evans had nine and then in in kind of typical Brady fashion, I mean he spread the ball out pretty pretty well. Scotty Miller saw seven targets, OJ Howard six. As you mentioned, he's now going to be out as well. But, I mean, Gronk is – I think it's pretty official that, that Gronk is is no more. I mean, if it's a game where Brady's throwing five touchdowns and, and Gronk ends up with one catch. I just – I mean, not, not that we've ever been looking to him, but I think I think this can officially kind of put that to rest. We'll, we'll see if the – O.J. Howard being out impacts that in any way, but he's not somebody that I'm going to personally be interested in too much. And uh, but yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones, I thought had a had a very nice game. Was thought he was a good play coming in once the injury news came out. And but he, I'm not typically a, a Ronald Jones guy, but if he's going to see that much work in the passing game, something to keep an eye on. Which is interesting because when he came out. Literally, they were like, this guy can't catch, like, in camp of his rookie year. Like, we can't play him because he has ter- he has no hands, right? So, um, the fact that he's on the field more. Keyshawn Vaughn caught a touchdown, barely played. But that's a guy who I'm thinking if they don't like what they see out of Rojo moving forward, maybe Keyshawn yeah. Vaughn, maybe next year, maybe kind of a, a late dynasty stash or something like that. But, yeah, good points. And we won't spend a lot of time here. Tampa Bay is on Thursday night football with the Bears. So we'll have, a, you know, you'll have some showdown content on Roto-Grinders later this week. And and the Chargers are taking on the Saints next Monday night as well. So neither of those teams are on the main slate, which is generally what we try to cover here. And for time purposes, you know, we'll just try to stick to the main slate. However, a huge game, which a lot of people stacked, and Ryan Fitzpatrick was over 20% out on DKGPPs. And if I knew that, I would have auto-faded him. I did not see that coming. Uh, but was Seattle and Miami. Seattle's a team who will be playing on Sunday night football against the Vikings. Another game which we need to touch on was Vikings uh, and the Texans. But, you know, Miami and Seattle, high Vegas total. A lot of people, like a lot of guys in this game. Tyler Lockett, not great. DK Metcalf, okay. Chris Carson scored, got hurt, uh, came back. Chris Carson gets hurt every week. I get suckered into playing Chris Carson all the time. All the time. Carlos Hyde was ruled out before the game. Uh, Just wasn't like the fantasy producing game that everybody was flocking to, right? Um, For cash games, I get it. But 25% Fitzpatrick was um, in in a lot in some GPPs I was in. That's just crazy. Um, Devontae Parker got hurt and came back and had a pretty good game. You'll have these games where the points will be there and just the fantasy production just – just isn't. And when these guys are, are are priced up because they're having crazy years, you know, they're not always going to meet value in all these games, right? So uh, that wasn't the, the, the right game stack for a lot of people. That, that was not the answer. So uh, what are your thoughts? You know, Seattle, Miami, um, and then moving forward into next week, and we talked about Miami will be taking on the 49ers. Yep. Yeah, a, a bit of a, of a downer game, I would say, relative to, to what we've become used to with Seattle, Metcalf and Lockett seeing only five and four targets respectively. A little bit 
lighter than than we've become used to. Russ was kind of spreading the ball around a bit. Seven targets to Greg Olson, four to David Moore, Chris Carson with four as well. Uh, a couple of the other random tight ends, Will Disley getting his two targets. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to overreact too much to that negatively. Like you said, I believe Seattle's not on the main slate this week, but maybe that, that makes them a nice target for week six if, if people kind of have forgotten about them after they failed a bit as, as the chalk plays. And then, yeah, on the Miami side of it, I, I would also was, was quite surprised to see how heavy of an ownership Ryan Fitzpatrick came in. He started getting a lot of talk toward the end of the week, so I think that kind of jumped that up. But, yeah, Devontae Parker, 12 targets. Isaiah Ford, nine targets. Stood out to me a bit. Only caught four balls, though, so didn't really turn it into much from a production standpoint. Um, you know, I, I, the Miami team's a, a, a little bit of a tricky one. It's really – it's mostly going to be Parker for me. It seemed like Jacecki for a while. I was excited about him, but let's step back a bit. He only saw three targets this week. Yeah, Which and is, he had that. What you want to see? He had that one outlier week where they were playing super garbage time. He had like five targets on the last drive or something. Yeah. If you kind of take week two out, where he saw eleven, you saw five week one, three week three, and four last week. I think he only caught one ball this week too, and that that's just that's just not gonna cut it for me to to want to roster someone, right? That's that's tough. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, especially this week, they're playing on the road against San Francisco. San Francisco looking like an eight-point home favorite right now. I think from the Miami side of the ball, that, that's likely to be a fade for me. Not really looking to target that, that San Francisco defense too heavily, but on the San Fran side of the ball, I think that, that Jarek McKinnon is definitely worth talking about and worth considering. Obviously watched him last night against the Eagles just from watching the game. It looked like he was out there all the time, and then – when you go back and, and look at the actual numbers, he, he certainly was. He played 92% of the snaps there. So, and it's just a, a talented running back and, and has had you know, a ton of success in the past, eight, eight targets in the passing game. So I think McKinnon is, is somebody that I'm definitely going to have some interest in coming into this week. He's, he's 5,800 on DraftKings, which is a, a pretty decent price. Oh yeah. So he's somebody that I imagine will will kind of come together as some chalk. Although there are there are a couple running backs in that like fifty eight hundred to sixty eight hundred price range that I, I think are all pretty viable. I like the idea of pairing him with the Niners defense uh, in some way, shape, or form to having some exposure like that. I mean, listen, Miami's traveling across the country. They're the sev- Niners are the seventh most expensive defense on DK. I- I'm with that. I like that. I mean, we we know Fitzpatrick. Everybody loves him. I love him. We all love him. But he, you know, he'll he's turnover prone. He'll stare down the guy he's going to throw the ball to. He'll he'll try to do too much and, and lose the ball sometimes. You know, going to, going to the bay on the road. I, I like I like yeah, that. I love that play. And then obviously, I mean, George Kittle is just oh. a beast out there. I mean, that guy. That guy does it all. He's, and they, it felt like they were really going out of their way to do creative things to get him yeah. the ball. I mean, 15 targets, caught all 15 of them. Monster. Goes for 183 yards and a touchdown. 
Monster. 43 DraftKings points. I mean, I think that it's got to be a week where you, where you need to, to consider ways to try and find a, find a way to pay up at, at tight end and get Kittle into some lineups because he's, he's a monster. 48% of their air yard market share on Sunday yeah. Night Football. We'll see who they. What are they going to do at quarterback? Are we going to see CJ? Or are we going to get? Are they going to go back to the well here? Well, you know what? What are we going to? What are we going to see from the Niners? And like, what do you think? Like upside wise, I'm going to talk a ton of strategy on this show. But can you play Kittle and McKinnon together in certain scenarios? Is that possible? I mean, that's not something that like I I like doing unless I'm going to play the quarterback. You know, but, but yeah, you know. That, that, that's my thought too. I mean, I I would pro- because I. Whether it's C.J. Beathard or, or Mullins, I mean, I'm likely not going to have much interest in, in playing the quarterback and, and also not interested in much of a game stack here. So I would probably try to play one of Kittle or McKinnon in GPP right. lineups versus playing them together. Uh, yeah, just because like you said, unless you're – I mean, you could play one of those quarterbacks, but I, I don't know. It seems like maybe you don't need to. No, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. I'm with you. One or the other is, is probably a good call to have exposure to. Um, just to kind of piggyback off of the other team in that game, your Eagles, uh, you know, gritty win, some would call it. You know, ugly win, a win is a win. You know, Zach Ertz, nine targets, didn't do much with it. Four catches for nine entire yards. Uh He's a guy who, you know, they're going to have a tough test with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's coming in, haven't played in a while, um, but they avoided the coronavirus. So they had a ton of time to get ready for the Eagles. I, I, I don't know. How does that make you feel? I'm just seeing, you know, Ertz at 5,700. It, it could be interesting. And I'm thinking on the flip side of the ball, I don't hate the idea of, of going to Roethlisberger. We talked about all these quarterbacks with rushing upside is kind of the, the guys you want this year. And I'm looking at Roethlisberger on DK at 6,600, and literally every guy that's ahead of him has rushing upside. Lamar's at 79, Mahomes 77, your future MVP Josh Allen right there, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, uh, and Deshaun Watson, who we'll, we'll get to momentarily, uh, all have rushing upside, rushing TD upside. And then there's Ben, who I guess is kind of appropriately priced um, on this slate, you know, had a ton of time to prepare. The Eagles coming coming back to PA, going to play in Pittsburgh. I don't hate the idea of looking at some Steelers this week. I think that could be a very interesting game, and I think the Birds are going to have their hand full, man. I, I really do. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. I mean, <laughs> obviously I have to take my, my personal bias out of this, <laughs> and I, I don't know that there's a single – eagle that i'd really want to play against the the pittsburgh defense i mean they're they're pretty pretty solid all around from a d perspective eagles are seven point underdogs i, I i'd much prefer the pittsburgh side of the ball here uh, obviously yeah. they didn't play this week so i'm not exactly sure on the status of deontay johnson after he was injured the the last time out right i, I haven't Looked at an update there, but I imagine if, if he is not playing, then we'll certainly want to, to look at Juju, and that would give him a bump there if he is playing. I still think Juju is well in play, and, and Deontay would be in play there as well. And then, of course, you have James Conner, I think, could, could set up nicely. He, he probably won't get a ton of buzz, I imagine, that, that he'll be more of like the, 
the GPP pivot off of people like the the Clyde Edwards Hilaire, the Mike Davis, the McKinnon. But uh, I think Connor's somebody that that we should probably consider as well. And yeah, Ben, I think sixty six hundred is a is a nice price there. I think you'll probably get some some pretty reasonable ownership on him. Just doing a quick glance, I feel like a lot of people will either pay up a quarterback or maybe go all the way down to Matt Ryan at sixty one hundred. Yeah, I think that'll probably be the the two popular routes, which leaves Ben in that sweet spot that that may go overlooked. For sure. And yeah, checking up on Deontay Johnson's status is going to be pretty integral. Um, he had a lot of the market share, air yards, and targets. You know, he was the guy first couple of weeks. We'll see what, what his status is. But even week three, I mean, Ben really spread the ball around. 21% of the air yard uh, went to Deontay, 21% to James Washington, 13% to Juju. Juju really hasn't had a ton of the air yard share this year yet, right? It's strange. I mean, maybe he's – I haven't – physically watched a lot of Pittsburgh games yet. Maybe he's getting you know, cut, you know, more coverage shaded to his side. I don't know. Which brings me to, have you heard anything on Darius Slay? You know, we, we saw he had a knee problem last night. And yeah. if he's out, that's a huge blow to the Eagles. Yeah, I have not heard anything one way or the other, but agreed. I mean, that, that would be a huge blow. And really, even the more you're saying it, the more I think that, that some Steeler stacks are, are definitely going to be in the mix here. And something that you want to take a look at. Yeah, so definitely uh, yeah. monitor that. A couple of those situations throughout the week, and uh, yeah, I think some of those guys definitely have to be in play as well. Um, especially if Deontay Johnson doesn't play. I mean, he was just he's just been a hog through the air. Um, so you know that ball is going to go up somewhere, whether it's Juju or if you're thinking more, you know, contrarian, maybe look at a James Washington or. Or something like that, but uh, yeah, and let, let's move let's move backwards and forwards at the same time here and talk about the Texans, who were a very popular stack this past weekend and, and let a lot of people down. The zero and four Houston Texans, miserable, absolutely miserable. Brandon Cooks, chalk Brandon Cooks, ran a lot of routes, played a lot of snaps, had a few targets, goose egg, just horrible. I fell into the Brandon Cooks trap personally on DraftKings. Played him in my my main cash lineup. Nice goose egg there. I don't know what's going on with this with this Texans team right now. They're just they haven't seemed to be getting anything going. It seems like they they want to run the ball, but they're not doing it very well. <laughs> and as a result of that, there's just not a lot of production happening. And now they, they come into a spot here where they're going to be home against Jacksonville, who Joe Mixon just ate alive last week. And, you know, I'd love to to be like, oh, here's the David Johnson spot. But it's a little scary. I, I think that you, you certainly have to consider him. He's down to 5200 which is a, a pretty cheap price. He's – I'm looking at snap data right now. And I'm not sure it's making sense because it says he played 38% of the snaps last week, but I'm not giving any snaps to anyone else. I, maybe some faulty data that I'm looking at at the moment, but I believe David Johnson is playing the majority of the snaps and has been. So I think that you can look to him at home in this matchup against the Jaguars, and maybe it's time to – 
to go back to the the Brandon Cooks well because nobody's going to play him this week after everyone plays him and he gets a zero. He's now down to 4,100. So if he was the chalk play this week and he gets just as good of a matchup, if not a better matchup, and has gone down in price, but nobody's going to want to play him, I think that that's an interesting move for tournaments just because, like you said, he was on the field, he was running routes, he didn't get targeted much, but, you know, he's the guy that has that big playability, right? So GPP flyer only. I'm, I'm not playing him in cash again, but something to look at for the larger field tournaments, I think. Pretty soon they'll be giving away Brandon Cooks, right? It'd be like a buy one, get one. Like Nobody wants him. Buy one burger, get one free. You got Cooks, pair him with Watson. He's free. Take him. Crazy. But, yeah, interesting call there. You'll have some serious leverage, and it'd be a super cheap way to, to put him with Watson. I mean, you could run him as a one-off, but – that would be some some super leverage there. Yeah, just just a strange game. You know, people have been questioning. There might be no hotter seat than Bill O'Brien right now. I can't believe Adam Gase is still coaching, by the way. <laughs> so I can't That's see Bill. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. And just to touch on the Minnesota side, Dalvin Cook, monster, monster. Season continues. Usually after guys get paid, they have a bad season. But he is kind of uh, breaking that, I guess, misconception. Or stereotype. Adam Thielen just kind of took the reins back from Jefferson. Uh, 10 targets. He's now averaging eight targets a game, which is very, very fair. Um, Jefferson had five targets. Nice little game himself there. But that's, that's the Minnesota offense. And they're not on the main slate, so we won't spend a ton of time there. But it's Thielen, it's Cook, and it's a little bit of Justin Jefferson. That's it. Like that, that's, that's the Minnesota offense. And if they could find a play caller that was any cr- bit creative, they would be fun, but it's just so vanilla with Mike Zimmer, and it's – I don't know. It, that was just a strange game. Minnesota's not on the main slate. So, you have any thoughts on them, and, and we'll just move forward here. Yeah, I think it's exactly what you said. I mean, it, it's it's no different than last year, except, you know, subbing Justin Jefferson for Stefan Diggs, and, and you have the, the condensed target share. So, you at least know where the ball is going within that offense. but. Like you said, you just don't know if the upside is there from a a play-calling perspective, from a pace of play perspective. But, I mean, they've definitely shown, right? Thielen has had his big games. Jefferson has had his big games. Cook hasn't had the full breakout yet, but is is more than capable. So I think those are the guys that we'll continue to look at in Minnesota, and and they'll always be in play for for some some tournament lineups, depending on their matchups. But, yeah, like you said, not, not on the main slate this week so don't need to dive too deep into them at the moment um we talked let's move on here we talked a little bit about uh that Jacksonville Bengals game with Mixon a lot of big bigger spreads this week you know you brought up pre-show Baltimore is gonna have uh, be a massive favorite against the Bengals and rightfully so and um it's kind of one of those spots where like maybe you know, there's so many good options. We saw Lamar come in at super low ownership against the Redskins. I'm sorry, they're not the Redskins. The Washington football team. Um, he was priced pretty pretty highly. At 26 DK points, right? Pretty, pretty good day. He's 7,900 now. Um, you know, the Bengals are not good against the run whatsoever. Geno Atkins and, and uh, Mike McDaniels are still out. And that's, that's a pretty underrated big-time blow to that defense. And, uh, you know, you, you've seen – you know, some success against, against the Bengals on the ground. Listen, I, you can't, you just can't comfortably play anybody 
besides Lamar Jackson in that backfield, the snap counts were all over the place. Mark Ingram had what? How many carries did he have? Less than ten. I mean, they're in a smash spot against against the Washington football team, and just a, just an ultra headache. But I could see Lamar having a big day on the ground here. You know, as long as it's not a thirty-five to, to six game. Um, I think Lamar is a, a, a unique kind of tournament option looking at this week. And it's funny to say that he's flying under the radar as Lamar Jackson, right? But, you know, highest-priced quarterback, huge spread. But but the problem is, like, what do you do on the other side? You know, our guy Joe Burrow, you know, speaking of quarterbacks, was what, first rookie to throw three straight 300-yard games now, I think it is. But you want to talk about a free square and a guy who just isn't doing anything is A.J. Green. And I, I don't know, is the game ever coming? Like, what's up with A.J. Green? He has – uh, was he 323 25 total fantasy points this year I think five targets three yards one catch against the Jaguars I don't know I don't know what's happening with, with AJ Green but I, I yeah what, ugh, what a this talk to me TJ I'll just keep stuttering over here I think I think he's just lost I mean I think the same thing that we were saying about Gronk earlier I think that AJ Green just may not be good anymore, and I, I'm not really interested in him. I, I'm much more interested in Tyler Boyd when mm. it comes to the Bengals. Just think that it's he, he's getting just as much usage and just as many targets, but just much more explosive player, and, and has actually had the results a bit here. Hasn't been fantastic, but I mean, eight catches on nine targets this week, got into the end zone. So, yeah, it's a, it's it's an interesting one. I I do think that Lamar is going to go overlooked, as you said, because he's it's not really a game stack type of situation, just because Baltimore's such a heavy favorite, and it's not one that's going to be as much back and forth as much as it as it is likely that Baltimore will just beat down on the Bengals a bit here and. I mean, he, he's also – I mean, it's either Mark Andrews or Marquise Brown that you want to stack with him. So you, you could run a Lamar Jackson and either Andrews or Brown and, and run it back with Boyd. Don't think you have to run it back. Also, don't think you have to pair Jackson with anyone. I mean, this could be one of those games where he hits the 100-yard rushing bonus and, and runs two or three into the end zone. So – and I think the other reason that Lamar is not getting as much traction is because he was – I mean, last year he was like the guy, right? He was kind of head and shoulders above the other quarterbacks. But now we've got Josh Allen and Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson and, and these Kyler Murray, these other quarterbacks that have also emerged as having these 25, 30-point games on a regular basis. So, and, and you can get them at much cheaper prices. And they kind of have easier stackability and typically seem to play on t- teams with worse defenses. So they usually set up better for game stacks. So. I guess all of that is to say that that Lamar is certainly in play here, but I I think he will come at some lower ownership. Yeah, and he he destroys the Bengals. Uh, they played last October. He had 152 rushing yards on 19 carries and a touchdown. <laughs> There's your RB one for the week, right? Wow. Um, didn't do much through the air. I mean, he had 230 yards, but seriously, anything after that is kind of just a bonus, right? Um, the other game, I, I'm not a big like history game log hunter in, uh, in fantasy, in football, but the other game against the Bengals, they played in November, seven carries for 65 yards and a touchdown. 
And wow, the Ravens hung 49 on him that game. And uh, he had three touchdowns through the air and 220 yards. So he might be the Bengal slayer, man. That's, I mean, that that's going to break the slate if he performs, you know, to any kind of degree like that as, as a quarterback. I mean, he's definitely in, in play for me. Like you said, like, what do you do running it back wise? Um, Tyler Boyd obviously is kind of just taking over that wide receiver one role. And even at this point, like what's the market for AJ Green? He has showed nothing. I think, Maybe since he's just kind of stuck with him at this point. But um, just to kind of piggyback off of last week's Baltimore game against the Washington football team, you know, Antonio Gibson did, did a lot of damage, and he was like 1% owned on both, both sites, and, and rightfully so. But my other my, – two of my other takeaways from that are I can't tell if Dwayne Haskins stinks or Logan Thomas stinks. I think it's more of Dwayne Haskins being pretty bad because every week Logan Thomas pops somewhere and whatever you're looking at because he always sees at least four targets – you know, he just, he just doesn't do anything. I mean, he's not great at football either, I guess. I'm trying to be polite. Like, I don't want to be too rude. But also, you know, a, a big positive was, you know, Terry seeing 10 targets. So he's seen double-digit targets in two or four weeks. And, uh, you know, moving forward, I think that's a good sign. They're going to take on the Rams, who let down a lot of people. So talk to me uh, anything else on that Baltimore game, and we'll move forward and talk about the Washington team and the Rams. Yeah, I think I'm good on the Baltimore side. As far as Washington goes, I mean, I, I love Terry. I think that you can play him almost any week because he's – first off, he's good in general, and he's, like, the only good player on their entire team. So they have to give him the ball. And they're always going to be trailing so or, or in a high-scoring game. So they're always going to be throwing the ball. I mean, I, I think that – I think that McLaurin is – in play on any given week, either as a part of a, of a run back to whoever's playing Washington or even just as a one-off. I mean, he just brings a ton of upside to the table, gets a lot of usage, uh, has, has big playability. So love Terry. And yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Logan, Logan Thomas thing. We, we've, it's like we've been watching and <laughs> being giddy over the, the snap numbers and the target numbers, but Turns out you don't get any DraftKings points for snaps played. So eventually it's like you got to catch yeah. the ball. And then after you catch the ball, you have to get some yards and then maybe even get into the end zone. And, like, he's not even doing it the first thing, let alone getting yards or getting into the end zone. So, like, ah, kind of over the Logan Thomas thing. I mean, t- tight end's been so interesting this year. I mean, I, I – the, the – what was his name? Troutman thing. Oh boy. The Troutman thing this week, right? Yeah. Um, some random tight end appears from New Orleans and Drew Brees loves his tight ends. And then he barely even plays. Like I I might just play Kittle this week so I don't have to deal with tight end. Just pay up. Herndon, Logan Thomas, Troutman. Like I think I've I wonder if I've even gotten ten points from my cash game (laughs) DraftKings tight ends so far this year. I I may not have. (laughs) Um I want to see Alex Smith. I mean, we've seen 25% of the 2020 year with Dwayne Haskins. If anybody in that organization thinks he's the future, I mean, we saw him last year too, then then just fire everyone. You're fired. Fire everyone. Terry is the only Washington player with an A dot over 10, and it's barely over 10. Like, like the ball's just not getting moved down the field. Whether he's not reading correctly, like, not making his reads correctly, which he isn't. 
and he's not accurate, which is another problem. I, then I don't know what he's doing, right? Like Logan Thomas, a dot 7.3. Like I get it, he's a tight end. That's fine. But Terry, I mean, looking at like an Adam Thielen who's a dots like 15 or 16 or something like that. Right. He's not a burner, but he just gets open. Like the ball, he's like, he's able to get the, Kirk Cousins, former Washington football player is, and I, I never give Kirk Cousins kudos, but he's, he's not Dwayne Haskins, right? The ball just isn't getting pushed down the field at all. And I get it. There's not a ton of talent there, but like we need to see more from Dwayne Haskins. And you, can you roll him out of 16 games of this? Like I know, but can you? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to talk about them anymore. But they're playing the Rams, who let a ton of people down. Right when you start to trust Sean McVay and and Daryl Henderson, insert Malcolm Brown. Thanks, Sean McVay. Uh, what a mess. It's hard to trust anybody in that backfield with the Rams. Of course, they're going to be in a sweet spot against Washington, right? But, uh, you know, they only hung well, – they, well, they scored 19 against the Giants or 17. They even scored 20 points. So another game where people had a little bit of exposure and just was kind of a letdown, TJ. Yeah, the, the Rams are just not a fun team to evaluate from a fantasy standpoint because you never know – who's going to be McVeigh's flavor of the week. Like you said, get excited for Daryl Henderson to get some run here. Malcolm Brown out, out snaps him 60, 40 percentage wise. seems like every single week, you know, you never know between Cuff, Woods, Higby, who's going to get the targets, who's going to get the catches. It, it, it's typically pretty spread out across the board with them. So you're just kind of playing touchdown roulette on on which of them is going to get into the end zone so yeah it's just like I I I don't I don't know that I see a Ram stack like winning GPPs at any point it just especially with some of these other high-powered offenses that have the much more condensed market shares I just don't know that any of those individuals bring enough upside to them to the table in themselves because they're spreading the ball and the snaps around so much. So, I mean, really overall this LA Washington game for me is, is mostly an avoid, maybe some, some Terry one-offs like we talked about, but I'm not really interested in loading up on the Rams here. I just think that there's nope. too many mouths to feed. Yeah. Good point. Let's get to some of these fun games. Save the best for last. We've got 15, 20 minutes here on the pod. Uh, and the first one that, that strikes me is um, our, our guys, the Panthers, the, the GPP runback Kings, right? So Carolina, it looks, it looks like McCaffrey is not going to play as early in the week. But got Atlanta, three-and-a-half point faves over Carolina, 54-and-a-half point total as of right now. Matt Ryan's cheap. I guess what's your, what's your first take on this one? Yeah, I think this is going to be a a great game to look at from a a stacking perspective. I think it's the it's not the highest total on the board, but all the other high totals are like the Chiefs and the Ravens being thirteen point favorites. So this one fifty four and a half point total, and and Atlanta's at a three and a half point favorite. So I think that that brings the most shootout potential to the table, and. Yeah, I mean, Mike Davis has has really kind of stepped in and, and become that Christian McCaffrey light in some ways, seeing 
you know, he's not, he's not seeing 100% of the snaps like McCaffrey was, but he's seeing 70, 75% of snaps. He's, he's getting targeted in the passing game. Had six targets this past week. Got himself into the end zone. So I think that, that you could look to, to Davis again for this final week, assuming that McCaffrey comes back afterwards. DJ Moore was a, a pretty chalky play. Didn't really produce much. I mean, he had seven targets, but didn't didn't really do a ton with them. Only ended up getting, what, four catches for, yeah, four catches for 49 yards. I mean, that, that's not going to do it a ton. And someone who, who continues to to perform the best, and, and he's even seeing the most targets, is Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Actually, I, I wrote him in my GPP article last week because I, I liked – Everyone was talking about DJ Moore, so I thought, and they were pretty much the same price. So I thought that was a nice pivot off of his teammate. And he's shown, a he's shown in the past that he's got crazy upside, right? Like he's one of those guys that can at any given point just randomly get a seventy-yard touchdown. Um, yeah, he did it earlier this week, and yeah, he got eleven targets last week, and has been yeah, he's leading. He's got thirty-five targets for their team, and and Moore's got thirty-two. So. They're pretty much neck and neck, but Robbie Anderson has, for whatever reason, been producing more. And yeah, steal my thunder, but I love it. I'm on the oh, same yeah. page with you there. Yeah. Robbie Anderson, the burner. Bridgewater found his guy. Mike Davis averaging over seven targets a game, by the way, last three weeks he's played. But Curtis Samuel, just not really in a GPP candidate every week. Just hasn't really the boom game hasn't happened. But by the way. If Teddy Bridgewater is going to do the, do the damn thing, it's going to be this week. Atlanta short week. Probably going to – we're recording early Monday. Probably going to be a, a dogfight in the frozen tundra up there in Lambeau. Quarterbacks with rushing upside. Teddy Bridgewater, did you see him looking like 04 Michael Vick? Did you see that? 32 yards in a tutty. We're, we're talking the same week where we saw Sam Darnold go to the house in prime time. My buddy's like, I'm betting Matt Ryan to score first touchdown tonight. I'm like, he scored a touchdown. I'll Venmo you 20 bucks. If he's the first touchdown of the game, like, go for it, man. I like burning money, but I like making money a little more. But but seriously, what a game from Teddy. 27 DK points. That's like sealing Teddy, right? Threw the ball 37 yeah. times. Uh, and they and they came out on top against Arizona. So he's in, he's in another interesting spot. Listen, I'm never like a Teddy Bridgewater advocate, but if you're going to kind of punt, not punt or pay down, it, it's this game. It's Matt Ryan and Bridgewater, right? Like the – I love that Atlanta's on a short week too, for sure. That that definitely. And they're going home, and that's cool. Good for them. But th- this this low key is probably probably my favorite game right here. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think Ryan and, and Bridgewater are both pretty good pay down quarterback options. And obviously, we're, we're recording on Monday, so we haven't watched the Monday night game yet. But sixty eight hundred Julio Jones is pretty cheap for Julio Jones. Uh, you know, I, I understand he had a a tough week in week two and was injured in week three. But, I mean, he had 27 DraftKings points the first week, and who knows what he could do tonight. I mean, I, I think if he has a big Monday night game, 6,800 Julio Jones could be the chalk. I mean, he's he's now 700 cheaper than, than Ridley, which is kind of nuts. I mean, Ridley's been smashing it, don't get me wrong, and, and I love Ridley too. But – 7,500 for Ridley versus 6,800 for Julio. I think people will start to gravitate to Julio, but 
And yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it is from the Atlanta side, right? I'm still not interested in Todd Gurley. I just don't think that the, the snap count and the touches are there. Russell Gage continues to be an interesting option. So, and Hurst, I mean. Just doesn't I'm see the asking. volume from Matt yeah, Ryan, he right? the, Yeah, he just doesn't get the volume. Like, maybe he gets a touchdown, but he doesn't seem like he's going to get you the, like, eight catches for 100 yards in a touchdown game. Like, maybe he'll get you three catches for 50 in a touchdown. He's going to get you, like, 12 points. But I don't see Hurst going off for 25 points ever. So, it's really Julio, obviously Ridley, and, and Russell Gage. Pair them up with Matt Ryan or run them back with, with Bridgewater stacks. But definitely think there's going to be a lot of ways to go with this game, and it's not going to cost you a whole lot. So then you can pay up for the, the Zeeks or, or whatever you want to do from, from the other side. The thing about Atlanta is they just don't throw the ball to, to their backs. Todd Gurley had five targets week one, and he's had a combined two targets in weeks two and three. Uh, Brian Hill hasn't seen more than three targets. Ito Smith hasn't seen more than three targets. So, like, you know where the ball's going, at least, right? We know where, where the shares are going. It's going to those three receivers. For some reason, he just doesn't throw the ball to Hayden Hurst after Austin Hooper was his guy, right, for, for how long. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's a huge game. Uh, another game that'll be fun, which we, we haven't seen the outcome from this week's game, is Kansas City, 12-point favorites against the Raiders. And, I, I mean, we don't, ha- we don't have to spend a ton of time on this because – like the Chiefs are in play every week, especially as pretty significant favorites against Oakland. Um, Derek Carr's looked okay this year, right? He's shown flashes. I'm a little, I'm just not a believer, right? So I know it's a high total, but I don't even mind taking some stabs at like, you know, taking, you know, Clyde Edwards and maybe the KCD. I, I don't know. Could be a weird game. Chiefs off a short week too, right? Darren Waller, like, if you're going anywhere, it's probably him or, or Renfro from the slot. Uh, it just seems like Darren Waller's his guy. I think he's on pace for, like, 167 targets or something crazy, right, out of your tight end. But, you know, obviously, if you're going to run something back there, uh, it's not Josh Jacobs for me. I know I know you can run the ball on KC, but I just – just looking ahead, I don't see that game script being a thing where it's, like, a Jacobs game. So, um, obviously, all the Chiefs are in play, you know, what are your thoughts on that one? I, I mean, you can say a million different things about you know, who's going to get the ball in that game, but every slate, right? Mahomes and play. Yeah, yeah, it's always the same. I mean, they're just they're just good, right? And they have Mahomes, so if you have Mahomes, anyone anyone can be good. Maybe maybe Logan Thomas would even catch a ball with Mahomes. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I think Edwards Hilaire at sixty eight hundred is likely to be a very chalky play. That, that's my gut. Again, we haven't seen the results from Monday night which recency bias always plays in a big factor here. But, yeah, it's, it's Edwards Hilaire. I think tight end is interesting because you have, you have Kelsey and Kittle at pretty much the same price. And so after having neither of them on the main slate last week, we now have both of them on the main slate here. You also mentioned Waller. He would definitely be my preferred option from the Las Vegas side of things. So, if you want to get real crafty, you could go like Mahomes, Edwards, Hilaire, Kelsey, and then Waller in the flex with a double tight end lineup. I think that gives you a little bit of a unique look because not a lot of people are going with the double tight end, especially Agreed. paying up for two tight ends. So that's one thought. If you, you know, not in a main build, obviously, but if you're, you're getting a little bit tricky with your stacks, I think that's one way to go. But yeah, for the most part, it's just 
play, play any chief you want, play play them as a stack, play them as any of them as a one-off, and yeah, uh, any know, of them can go off. In I know our guy Jordan has the hashtag, you know, play whoever you want, but maybe it's just, maybe we should get our own, play any chief you want, right? Yeah. Just throw them in there. Anytime, never a bad play. <laughs> and usually, you know, a lot of DFSers love to punt tight end, right? They just love to do it, but now it's like, uh, where do we go? Everybody's kind of getting up there at least above 4k, you know, do you want to go back to Logan Thomas? You know, other than that, you know, you got like Jack Doyle's of the world who haven't done anything yet. You know, Chris Herndon, well, well, maybe we'll never get that game out of Chris Herndon, right? Like who do you punt? I don't know. I think we're going to start seeing people pay up more. I think towards the end of the season, like, yeah. we're seeing tight ends really, you know, put, you know, really make a staple and, in a lot of these offenses, you know, even Schultz is 4,800 now um, for Dallas. And, um, you know, I'll let you take the floor in a second here and we can kind of work our way into that Dallas, uh, the Dallas Giants game uh, kind of, you know, to start to wrap things up. But, you know, if I'm looking in that mid range, you know, Evan Ingram, you know, 10 targets mm-hmm. last week, they've just been a train wreck, right? Uh, six catches for 35 yards, but like if I'm going to pay down anywhere, it might be him, especially if you're kind of, you know, thinking the Giants might play from behind kind of thing, but they've just been brutal. So talk to me, you know, Dallas was in a lot of uh, game uh, league winning lineups last week, tournament winning lineups, you know, they keep throwing the ball a ton. Maybe we finally get the Zeke game and a decent game script and Zeke hasn't like lit up the world, but you know, they've been throwing the ball a ton. He's seen three targets, six targets, six targets, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, those were his catches. He's seen four targets, seven targets, 11 targets, eight targets. So even when they're playing from behind, you know, he's been able to put up, you know, he's been over DK, 20 DK points, three out of four games this, this year so far. So maybe he'll finally get in a rhythm, pound the ball, still get involved through the air. So I, this is one of those games with a, with a pretty big spread where I'm sure there'll be a lot of ownership. What do you think, TJ? Yeah, I mean, I think Zeke, seventy eight hundred on DraftKings. He, he's going to be the premier play this week. He just has by far the highest floor of any of the other players that you could go to on the entire slate. I would say similar to to what Kamara was this past week, where he was like in some of the higher stakes, he was like sixty percent owned in tournaments, seventy percent owned in tournaments. Kamara, I don't know if Zeke will get to that level, but I think that that seventy eight hundred is still too cheap for for the role that he has. Like you said, game script independent. Even if they go behind, he'll still be in there catching balls. But I mean, it's got to be time that I, I just don't see the Giants putting up points without Saquon. They just have not a ton going on there. So I, I think that that this is actually an interesting week to maybe go with Zeke and and maybe take a little bit of a stand on on fading the Dallas passing game which is going to be scary don't get me wrong and, and you're still going to are going to want some exposure there I mean Amari Cooper has been on an absolute tear 15 targets last week yeah so league. I feel like he's really coming into that like elite wide receiver one that we always thought that maybe he could be seems like that is is a thing now for sure uh, yeah, you mentioned Schultz. I mean, Schultz is is becoming a thing too. But like you just said, he's now forty eight hundred. I mean, come on. I, if I can pay sixty four hundred, sixty four hundred to get Kelsey, like I don't really want to pay forty eight hundred for Schultz. So yeah, and, and then you know Lamb, Gallup, 
to me, the Dallas passing game is, is I think Cooper's establishing himself as the clear number one. And then like one of Lamb or Gallup can also have a big game any given week. And then Zeke's always going to have a solid. So they're becoming like the Chiefs where it's just like, hey, play, play any Cowboy you want. They're, they're all in the mix here. <laughs> you know, C.D. Lamb's snaps were back up. So I'm sure people yeah. were happy about that. And I know Mike McCarthy's the coach now, but do we want, does he want Dak throwing the ball this much? Like is Cooper that elite guy or is it just, is it, partially volume based like Dax threw the ball 39 times week one which we thought was a lot for Dak right oh week two 47 yeah wow that's a lot for Dak week three against Seattle 57 there's no way you can throw more right 58 attempts against Cleveland come on there's no way they want to do that right so I mean that's why I think I'll probably seriously consider you know trying to take a stand this week and going massively overweight on Zeke in my lineups and Right. Maybe fading the Dax stacks. Maybe mix in one or two just to have it. But I'm with you. I, I think that that could be the play, and then and then get some exposure to some of these other kind of cheaper game stacks that we have, which then allows you to also get Zeke into a lineup. That, that's at least again er, early here, but I feel like that's a, a pretty good way to go about some of your builds this week. Agreed, and and they could still and and that could still be a good play. You know, the Dallas passing game. It could be. But if you're expecting, you know, these 30-point upside out of, out of these guys that, at home against the Giants, if they get that crazy I'm trailing by a million game script against this Giants team, I don't know. Off yeah, the I seriously, don't happening, right? I, I don't know, right? Yeah, and then it's like, you know, if I'm going to run a Dak, Cooper, C.D. Lamb lineup, I'm going to want to have a run back. But there's nobody on the Giants that I really want to play. Right. Like For me, it's Ingram. That's, that's pretty it's much Ingram, it. Yeah. And I don't even like want to play him, but I don't, if, if, if I fall on Ingram, like, I'll be okay with it. But Agreed. yeah, I'm with you. I like, I like the Z call. I'm, I'm curious to see what his ownership projections are. Check out Roto Grinders ownership projections throughout the week. Top of the line stuff here. Shout out to Chris Jamino. Great work in our projection team at RG, but I, I like that game script. I like that call. Um, a couple minutes left here. That's about it. We don't know if the Bills and Titans are going to play. So far, so good. Your boy Josh Allen might be the league's MVP. I'm a Titans fan. I'm unbiased. They have a ton of of COVID positive guys who are significant. Significant. Jeffrey Simmons, right? Christian Fulton, who's been filling in to help chip away with Adoree Jackson's absence, who still might be out, right? This secondary could be depleted. The Titans might not have their best defensive lineman, who's a monster. And Adam Humphreys has COVID. Like, we just don't even know who's going to play yet if the game's even going to happen. But if this game happens, the Titans are so out of whack. I am, I, am, I am so sad as a fan. But how do you not like some of the Bills with a team who has just been in the situation no one else has ever been in NFL history? Uh you have to consider some bills this week. If this game's going to play and some of these guys are going to be out, the Titans are going to be in a world of hurt, I think. And that's coming from a fan. I'm just trying to be like, I, who knows? Like if Rabel wins this game, this will probably be the biggest win in his tenure. And they've had some pretty big wins, right? Like last year, ran through New England, got the win, beat Baltimore. But if they somehow overcome COVID-19 and the league's MVP, Josh Allen, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'll give you the floor on Josh Allen. He looked great, man. He did. Yeah, I mean, he's he's really looking like a, a true MVP candidate out there. And he's spreading the ball around, too. I mean, he's just he's just playing good, solid football, getting it down through the air, 
getting it done on the ground when he needs to, but not as his primary go-to, which I think is is a good thing, right? He's kind of settling into a pass-first guy that has that threat as a run and is just kind of a beast when we get down into the red zone. I mean, I think that's when he's most dangerous. Like, he's dropping back from the five-yard line. It's such a difficult play to stop because leave someone open, he's going to find them. Leave him open, he'll just run it right in on you. So, love Josh Allen. I'll continue to have a Josh Allen GPP lineup pretty much every week here. I think you can always pair him with either Diggs or John Brown. I don't, I don't think I would ever double stack with Josh Allen just because similar to Lamar, a lot of it comes from his, his option on the ground, which he hasn't really even been running for many yards, but he's just getting rushing touchdowns, it seems like, once a week. So Josh Allen looks great. And, yeah, I think it, it'll be a very interesting spot to, to monitor what's going on with the Titans over the next couple of days here. So definitely something that we want to keep an eye on there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, we got to wrap things up here. Momentarily, uh, we didn't talk about Broncos Patriots. We're still waiting on uh, the Patriots game tonight. Plus, you know, we don't really know the status of Cam Newton. So that'll be something to monitor. They play at 425 next week. You know, stick with Roto Grinders all week. And we'll have you covered on everything that's happening around the league. Uh, the other game I wanted to quickly talk about before we get out of here is Cardinals-Jets. Uh, Cardinals coming across. Actually, they probably didn't leave the East Coast. They went to Carolina, took an L. Uh, they'll take on the fighting Adam Gases this week. And uh, six and a half point favorites. I guess a little low of a of a game total than I maybe expected here. Um, it could be kind of sneaky to go back to, to some of these Cardinals maybe this week. You know, Kenyon Drake let everyone down again. If he was going to smash, everyone kind of thought it would be last week. I know he exited the game pretty late. Uh, but, yeah, Cardinals Jets, before we get out of here, TJ, got anything for me? Yeah, Drake, just just for whatever reason, just not getting it done. I mean, he's losing some snaps to, to Chase Edmonds and just not doing a ton with the the touches that he is getting. Not Not really seeing much of any work in the passing game. It seems like if they get into a situation where they need to pass the ball, that's when Chase Edmonds comes into the game. So, I did, unfortunately, write up Drake in my GPP article last week because I thought it was a good spot, but I, I may be done with him at this point. The, I did see one interesting thing on the, the Jets. This Jeff Smith, 10 targets and played like every snap. I, I don't even really know much about him, but uh, and it doesn't even mean I'm interested in him. I just thought that that kind of came came out of nowhere a bit. So Jeff Smith. Like I said, had seven catches on 10 targets, played 90-plus percent of the snaps for the Jets. I'm assuming that he's, like, near min price. He won a lot of people a lot of money last showdown. Not a lot of people. He won a few people a lot of money during last week's showdown. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to see what's up with Sam Darnold throughout the week. He did finish that game. Looks like he had a shoulder problem. Uh, ton of targets there, right? And the he's run game is Frank. price, 3000 on draft. Oh, games. boy, he'll be interesting. So that's an interesting one. I mean, I, I literally don't really know anything about him. Like, what did he do? The, 
other weeks. He, he got definitely. activated off the practice squad, I believe. And Sam Darnold's like, this is my hard. guy. We're going to feed, I'm just going to feed him. Yeah. This is my guy. Yeah, so, fine. I mean, that, everything's that's fine. That's an interesting one. <laughs> that's, yeah, right. Everything's fine. <laughs> Jameson Crowder came back, wasn't 100%, saw 10 targets. So he's played two games this year and is averaging 11 and a half targets too. So that could, you know, one of those guys could be a very interesting run back or even just a one-off, right? If you think the volume is going to go there, this run game just isn't going with Frank Gore and Kalen Balazs and, and Michael P. Ryan. Like it's just not going to happen. Right. So the Jets are going to between a rock and a hard place. Um, but yeah, definitely interesting punt there. Jameson Crowder in play, I think just off of sheer volume and, and the run game is non-existent, so they're going to have to throw the ball. But, um, yeah, like on the flip side, we didn't get a monster game from Hopkins and Murray 7,200 against the Jets, who are the laughing stock of the league. I, I think, um, you know, you might be able to get some ownership on, on the Cardinals. If people are going up to Zeke uh, and if there's other places they're paying up, I mean, I think it's interesting. If people are going to pay for the Ridleys or you know, go with the Chiefs, you might be able to get some ownership on D-Hop and – and Kyler Murray. So that's it. Anything else before we close up shop here, TJ? No, not a not a ton else. I'll have my my article coming out later this week. You can follow me on Twitter at TJL five one two four DFS. And yeah, well I, I think we have a, a much different week setting up here where we have you know last week was kind of the week of the shootouts with a ton of high total closer spread games. This week, it seems like there's a lot more lopsided spreads where we expect to have game scripts where one team will, will be ahead. So that's the beauty of NFL DFS. Gives us a completely different look every single week. We've got buys starting to come into play now. There's only two this week, but, but those will continue to obviously increase over the next couple of weeks and should be fun. Let's, let's go out there and win some tournaments. Bye weeks and who only knows with, with the pandemic, right? Like, I unfortunately don't think this is the end of it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And we'll see. It'll be an adventure, I think, every week to figure out what, what's going on from that perspective. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Check TJ out on Twitter. If you any questions, hit us up. You can find me at the J Carlucci on Twitter. I'll be on Thursday night showdown. Uh, I'll be with Dean, the Almanac. We'll be subbing in for Tambo. So we'll talk about the Bucks and Bears. Get on over there to Roto Grinders, guys. We got the best stuff in the industry. Thanks for listening. Give us a like. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. For TJ Lasig, I'm Justin Carlucci. We'll catch you next week. Good luck.